And it's live, episode 45 of the FPL Face-Off podcast, where two comedians face off at Fantasy Premier League. Uh, my name is Fitz, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Tom Glover. Tom, how the devil are you? Much better this week, Fitz, on the back of my first green arrow of the season, which Excellent. Well, it could have been any other arrow. I, I don't think I was ranked at 6 million, so if it had been red... And this is this podcast will not be happening. But um, yeah, much better yourself. Good. I'm um I'm very pleased for you, mate. Yeah, I think I feel like while while I enjoyed and our listeners probably enjoyed you wallowing in your in your misery, I think it's it's important for you that you're you're back in the game. So very well done. Uh yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Um we'll come on to FPL. Um, but in PL, uh, I am absolutely buzzing because we're recording this uh, the day after the night before and Man United have looked more like Man United than they have for 15 years, I would say, in, in beating Liverpool. So, yeah, doing doing very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> the, the, the arrogance of the United fan that it, you don't look like Man United unless you're you're winning a competitive match. You're making rivals. I've I've got to say, while that is while that is definitely the case, actually for me the biggest thing I said about about sixty seventy minutes in, I said even if we don't win this, this is this is a different team. Like we're actually playing as a team. It's the result is important, obviously, but actually it's the performance and it's the desire that was really important. But anyway, I'll <laughs> I could bore you with that all day. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's just good to see my my real life team. Uh, win and I'm a point above the average in FPL, so got to be happy with that. Yes, you, you seem a lot happier. There's a spring in your step. You're not the um, the maudling man that usually comes onto this podcast. Um, <laughs> you weren't you weren't protesting against the Glaciers then last night. You didn't refuse to watch in solidarity. I did not refuse to watch. Um, we did like my my best mate got offered four tickets, and we did um and ah about whether to go. Um, but finance has just been at a wedding this weekend as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult, it's difficult to, to justify the cost, but yeah, the, the protests I think are well-founded. I don't think that's going to stop um, by the looks of it. It's going to continue. Uh, but no, I, I did watch the game and uh, in fact, travel to Exeter to see my mate to do it. So, you know, it'd have been a bit weird if I got there and then just sat in the other room. <laughs> Well, I think a true fan would have faced the other way from the television and refused to celebrate. Um, I, I didn't see many United fans leaving the stadium in protest last night. I don't know if they were meant to, were they? I don't know. Um, there was talk of it, but then there was 33,000 people tweeting the hashtag empty old Trafford, but they'd misspelled Trafford. So maybe the, there was a miscommunication somewhere. But yeah, I don't know. Actually, with the team being in the way they have been, I don't know whether people leaving supporters leaving would have been a good thing really um but even so it was kind of a moot point because i don't think there was anyone who wanted to leave last night that was a a vintage (laughs) old trafford night well hopefully you have got your united back and this wasn't just a a false storm and it actually haunted the protest because if if you'd have lost three or four now as i expected you may have done i think Mm. you may have emptied old trafford but um We'll see how you are now. You certainly looked a lot better not having Ronaldo in the team, not having yeah. Maguire in the team. Uh, you seemed you seemed like the United of pre-season that was, that was playing so well and beat Liverpool 4-0 in a friendly. 
absolutely and and that's kind of how it that's kind of how it looked to be honest you know there was the the shackles were off a little bit and I think the biggest the biggest thing is that I can't think of a single United player who didn't play well Tyrone Molassia at left back was absolutely everywhere like he was he was first to to all his challenges there were a couple of opportunities Liverpool looked like they were going in and Salah was really quiet because Malassia kind of, um, you know, he, he bossed it. And also Martinez in defence, I think, was really good. But I think, well, potentially last point, because I, I know it's not a Man United pod, much as we, I would love to be on a Man United pod, of course. Um, it's all right, Glenn. <laughs> Glenn edits this out and this stuff. Don't worry, uh, just keep you happy. Keep a smile on Excellent. your face. It's, it's much appreciated. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is just that we look like a team. You know, we look like um, we were all playing for for each other um it's it's come out recently i know we discussed it last week but because we ran 13.8 kilometers less than brentford uh last week uh he eric ten Hag made the players run 13.8 kilometers um on the sunday morning now as it happens it transpires apparently that eric ten Hag also ran with them he said we're a team like you anyone who didn't play i didn't play we're all to blame let's run and apparently the players have um, really, really taken to that. And, you know, it's... I'm it's sure Sam not... Allardyce or Roy Hodgson would have done the same thing with their teams as well. They <laughs> Absolutely. Hit that exactly. ground running. <laughs> it is classic Allardyce, actually. Now I think about it, yes. it's classic Big Sam. Um, but yeah, so there's a team spirit there. There's a bit of unity there. And obviously we'll probably get dicked 4-0 at Southampton now. But um, but never mind. You know, there's there's hope. Good, good. I'm glad you're happy. Now, I'm sure as a loyal Manchester United fan, this would have reflected in your FPL team. You would probably got triple United in your in your starting eleven this week. How how did they get on? <laughs> Very good, mate. Um, as as we discussed last week on uh, on the podcast, uh, at that stage, I had zero um, Man United in my team. Uh, still have zero Man United in my team as it stands. Uh, but the FPL face-off boys, for, for my team at least, uh, have, have done all right. They've done all right. So I've got um, uh, Raya in goal, who got me three. Defence has been a bit of a shocker for, for everyone, really. I think a lot of people have gone big at the back and Trent and Cancelo, both with zeros, is never ideal. Trippier with six, um, Nico Williams with one, Salah with eight, Son with three. Son is, uh, you know, we'll talk about Son because he is in last chance saloon in, in my team. Um, my two transfers in, I, t- I took out Bailey and Neto. Bailey got an assist, but I brought in Rodrigo, who got 13 points, which was my star performer for the week by a long way. Um, then De Silva, Jesus captain with eight and Haaland with six. So not not brilliant. Would have been better if I didn't have Andreas third on my bench uh, with eight. But um, yeah, 49 points and leaving me at a total rank of 1.6 million. So a tiny little red arrow at this stage. And I think 49 points was a good score this week. There's a lot of players who are on the template who are in the 20s and 30s. Obviously, as you say, that the big, the big at the back suffered. Um, I was on wild card this week. Obviously, I have done terribly at the start of the season, having gone against Jesus and um, started the season without Haaland. Um, but I finished this game week on 62 points, which was a game week rank of 934k, which isn't incredible, but it's in the top million, which is the first time this season. And it, it gave me a one. Improvement, yeah. 
yeah, so a 1.8 million rank prize, 1.8 million green arrow, which was nice to see. I'm at 4.3 million now, but that does feel a lot nicer from where I've come from. Um, oh, definitely. The main performance for me, I bought in Parasic and Harry Kane. I'm, I'm sticking with Harry Kane now over Haaland. I think that Harry Kane is uh, going to be more reliable for minutes. Um, Pep said after the game against Newcastle that Haaland is going to get rested. He is going to be left out of games. Kane will probably get rested as well, but we rely on Kane so much at Spurs that I think if it's nil-nil at half-time, Kane's going to come on to turn games around. I don't see him missing entire games. I think he's going to be playing in most of the fixtures that are coming up, so I'm, I'm sticking with Kane. Um, I had Salah as captain, and he... He was very quiet again against United. He hasn't looked great this season so far, but he did get the goal. And I suppose that's what Salah does. He scores even when he's not heavily involved in the match. So he got me 16 points. And um, Ivan Tony is in my free at the front with uh, Jesus. And Ivan Tony got another return this week. So he's looking like a great option at the moment. Mm. Uh, my only real disappointments were, were Mason Mount, who is my, my 8 million midfielder who a lot of people are selling at the moment. I've got him in at 7.9 million, but a lot of people are selling him. He's looking set to drop again, but they've got Leicester at home at the weekend, Southampton away next, uh, then West Ham at home and then Fulham away. So four great fixtures for Chelsea. I think that he's going to come good. He's a consistent performer. And then just to finish off the team, I'm, I will have Raya in goal going forward. Uh, I've got Reese James, Sinchenko, Trent, Martinelli, and then yeah Jesus up top with Tony and Kane so yeah it's a much better game week for me I'm I'm, I'm happy nice and 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 a much a much better team I think looking at you know you needed you needed Arsenal coverage you've got Arsenal coverage um Martinelli is someone who yeah I I regret not having in my team but um but yeah you know you, you can't have them all and certainly that feels like it's in a much better shape for for the rest of the well the rest of the first half of the season, as it were. We, we can't have them all. And there is a template of the ones that most people have. And that is that is Harland over Kane. It's Salah over KDB. And so mm. though there is a template, there is the opportunity to get against that template. You can have Kane instead of Harland. You can have KDB instead of Salah. You can have an 8 million midfielder of your choice. So I think you can go against that template and, you, and some people will and will be successful. That's the way to climb the ranks now. That's why I've gone three up top rather than big at the back is when you're at six million, you need to do something different. So I'm hoping that this is going to help me push on a bit, but it could go the other way. So this could, this could be a difficult few weeks for me, but I'm quite confident after that first game week. So Kane, Jesus and Tony, that's a good, that's a good front three. They're all kind of talisman for, for their clubs as well. So that's, that's a good, a good sign all on pens. I don't know about, um, Jesus, uh, Jesus is not we're not sure on Jesus yet it's it, yeah. Arsenal it seems to be if you win it you can take it or potentially Saka but um mm. but yeah we, we that's yet to be confirmed either way you know it's you're in yeah as I say you're in a you're in a much better place and I imagine you look at your team with much less disgust and um, who's who's on your bench for, with that squad, so well, after after last week, uh, and I told everyone to sell Kieran Trippier. I said, get rid of him. His fixtures are coming up are bad. Um, I kept him on wild card. I kept Kieran Trippier. I did leave him on the bench with his six points, which was which was great. But he did almost get sent off. He could have possibly had a red card, 
and I'd have been validated in in telling people to sell him, but that was turned turned over, overturned by VAR. So um, yeah, I've still got Kieran Trippier. Correctly, I think. Yeah. Yes, and then I've got Andreas and De Silva, who are the the budget midfielders who seem to be playing every game at the moment. Um, obviously, Andreas on the bench, like most people, I was hoping the Liverpool United game was going to be cancelled. But um, there we go. I'll take Salah's 16-pointer on captaincy. I'm sure you will. I am um, I for one am delighted that uh, the Man United-Liverpool game was not cancelled. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, OK, lovely stuff. So, um, so you've used your wild card. How are you feeling about um, game week four as we kind of start to look towards that? Yeah, it's it's tough. Like I think everyone's team looks good this weekend. Um, but obviously, as we've seen this week, just because your team looks good on paper doesn't mean they're going to perform. Um, so I've got Raya at home to Everton. The Liverpool boys have got Bournemouth at home. Arsenal have got Fulham at home. My Chelsea double got Leicester at home. Spurs double are at Forest away. Um, Tony at top has got Everton at home. So they've all got great fixtures. But there's great fixtures across the board this game week. So you're just going to have to be lucky to be on the right ones. Um, how are you looking for, for this week? Yeah, similarly, um, I don't know. The, it, it, the frustrating thing is when you see other people kind of wild card and you think, oh God, I wish I had them, I wish I had them. Um, I'm going to try and roll the transfer this week. But um, yeah, it's definitely approaching last chance saloon for, for some of my players, um, particularly uh, Son, is is the big one. So yeah, I've got, got Raya, Trent, Cancelo, Trippier, uh, Nico Williams, Salasson, Rodrigo De Silva. Again, all with pretty pretty good fixtures. Although De Silva, mm, Everton, I don't know. Everton haven't been great, have they? Um, and Jesus and and Harland. So yeah, could really do with could really do with Son um, starting kickstarting his season because you know the the Son. Um, sorry, the Spurs fixtures at the start of the season, you know, we've had, we've had three fixtures that have been pretty good in terms of, you know, Southampton and Wolves, Chelsea, perhaps not so much, but I'm running out of fixtures that I wanted him there for, if that makes sense. So, you know, Forest is actually quite a tough one. West Ham away is quite a tough one. Fulham at home is not potentially going to be as easy. And then before you know it, it's well, I, think, I think you're trying to convince yourself into the sale of Son there, mate, because you've got a newly promoted team in Forest next, which is yeah. a good fixture. You've got West Absolutely. Ham away. West Ham have yet to score a goal. They've lost three matches. So that's that looks like a good fixture at the moment. Fulham at yeah. home, another newly promoted team at home. Again, you, you, you're you going to back a team in that fixture. You've got Jesus, you, you're captain in Jesus this week. He's got Fulham at home. And then Spurs have got City away. Now that's a bad fixture on paper, but Spurs have some kind of hold over City. We we always seem to beat City or at least push them to the wire. We score goals against City. So I'm not worried about having Kane in that in that fight against Haaland. Then we've got Leicester at home and, and Arsenal away again where we, we're gonna score goals because we're gonna go toe to toe with them. We're gonna we're gonna battle it out. So until game week ten when we travel to Brighton, I think they're all good goal scoring matches. So I think it'd be it's hard to sell a Spurs asset at the moment. 
very hard to sell Son knowing that what Son can do, you know. And I'm but we, I'm we will certain... cover this a bit more when we do too good, too bad, not to, not to give anything away. We'll... Um, absolutely we will so um uh, it's suddenly occurred to me that one of the things we were um going to do before we focused on the preview for game week four was we were going to just have a very quick chat about uh, a game each so uh which game would you like to discuss in terms of game week three what we saw well i didn't i didn't get to see a lot of games this weekend but uh, i watched a spurs game against wolves but that was quite a dull affair um, so the game I watched last night, of course, was Manchester United against Liverpool, um, hoping that my my Trent and Salah captain was going to get me some good returns. And it wasn't the result I expected. As we discussed previously, United looked a lot better, a lot faster, a lot more free-flowing. Um, uh, De Gea was given a bit more freedom to, to, to play to play a bit longer, play a bit more direct, which uh, I mm. think took uh, Liverpool by surprise. The front three were more fluid it's without Ronaldo in that team they, they get to they get to to move about a bit faster they get to run behind players I mean the Rashford goal looked offside to me but we're given the benefit of the doubt I, Absolutely, I think he was will. a different player without <laughs> without Ronaldo in there um, yeah. and Martinez he's got a lot of stick but he was he was pretty immense in in that game last night I, I think he still has fours when he plays against uh, bigger stronger teams than um, Liverpool but Last night, at least, he was he was great. It, it just it's the inception, just reading the game, it, it's scanning what's around him. It, it's a sort of leadership that you haven't really had at the back, which mm. um, yeah does look promising for you. Um, so so yeah, it's an interesting game. And as a as a FPL manager, you've got to look at your Liverpool assets now, and you've got to think: Do you need a triple up? And if you do have a triple up, which which ones are you going for? I mean, I'm. It's very hard to sell any of them again because they've got Bournemouth at home, they're Newcastle at home, Everton away, Wolves at home. So they're four amazing fixtures, and you'd think that Liverpool have got to turn this around at some point. But currently, their midfield, their midfield last night, Henderson, Milner, and Hartley Elliott. That is not a title challenging midfield. That is a, a midfield that's going to be struggling in the mid table. So. Yeah, there's still a lot of questions to be answered by that team. What What did you think on it, other than? Your United bias. What do you think as an FPL manager? What assets impressed and what assets are you yeah. less interested in now? I thought it was. I thought it was just such a shame that the only fit midfielders they had were Henderson, Milner, and um, Javier. It's just I'm such sure a shame, you did. You know? yes. um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. I think from from an FPL point of view, it was it was fascinating because a lot of people sold De Gea. Um, uh, I know uh, at least one person who sold De Gea for Mendy. Uh, so obviously you had a bit of a shocker there. I don't know if you saw Mendy's contribution to Leeds' did, yes. first goal. Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a pretty... But that is a trouble horrific. when you've got you've got keepers playing out from the back that yeah. aren't comfortable doing that, which has been De Gea's issue. Um, maybe long-term De Gea gets replaced by... I think you've got to allow keepers like that to have the freedom to to knock it long and not make them feel like they've got to try and play yeah. it with their feet all the time. Absolutely. Or or at the very least, you know, if it might be in six months' time, De Gea's had six months more training and actually he feels much more confident in doing it and the players know where they need to kind of move to or whatever. But but yeah, certainly last night it was it was apparent he didn't he didn't play a single kind of short goal kick, but yeah, so I think I think it's certainly changed things significantly from an FPL point of view. Rashford's gone down to six point four. 
Um, but that was the best game of football I've seen Marcus Rashford play for, I'm going to say two years, possibly, possibly longer. Um, he looked hungry. There was a, he looked confident. There were quite a few bits, quite a few times where he kind of took players on. And there was one point where he took on three players and he, he very nearly kind of scored what would have been an absolute worldie. And so he's got to be interesting midfielder at 6.4 Um Liverpool, very, very interesting because, you know, Salah and Trent, really, neither of them have, have set the world on fire. And you're talking two of the most expensive players in the game, certainly most expensive player plus the most expensive defender. Um, so I think, I had... think Trent's, Trent's stats are still looking good. I think he's still first for defenders in terms of XG and XA. Um, but you've got to be worried about their clean sheets because they haven't got that centre-back pairing of Van Dijk and either Nat Phillips or Joe Gomez isn't strong. And Van Dijk has done a couple of funny things in the last couple of games that it doesn't look like the same like impenetrable force that he has done for the last few seasons. I wonder, as someone who's had an ACL reconstruction, whether there's a bit of a, a bit of a fear in there of like diving into a challenge. Like he, just, he stood on the spot last night for that Jaden Sancho goal. Like I don't know why he wasn't oh. closing him down. Sometimes or I Trent, think he's, Trent, yeah. Trent totally stopped as well, to be fair. But Trent, you expect that with Trent. Trent doesn't defend very well, but Van Dijk, you'd expect him to, to get in front yeah. of Sancho there, to be there before he's turned, ready to take the ball off him. But he seems a bit, little, bit, little bit slow this season. He's same as Saha last week. But yeah, that's a wait and see, I suppose. Yeah, and it's a it's a real shame, you know, as a, as a as a football fan, you know, you 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 hate to see your your rival's best defender not performing very well, but never mind, we'll move on. Okay, let's get used so to stop sorry. talking about Man United for five seconds. Let's let's move on let's to the game you watched, which I think was the game of the weekend, um, the the Newcastle City game. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely fascinating game. So yeah, my. Um, my younger brother, as I might have mentioned on here, is a, is a Newcastle fan. So for years and years, he has been the uh, the the most disappointed of the two of us in terms of our football team success. Um, but Newcastle just look such a strong unit. Again, you know, I think team teamwork is is certainly teamwork and team spirit is certainly kind of a theme of of the weekend. But but Newcastle look to have done some really shrewd business. You know, they've they've totally changed their back line obviously got a couple of new centre-backs in Dan Byrne and um, Botman Nick Pope great goalkeeper looks like he's he's really kind of shored up the the team and then you add in uh, players like Kieran Trippier Bruno Gomerez and and the resurgence or continued kind of excitement that is Alan San Maximam City just didn't didn't know what to do Newcastle blew them away in uh, in the first half and and it was it was really, really interesting to watch. And as I say, if you haven't got any Newcastle defenders, um, it's it's something that you should probably consider because, you know, they've got a, a, a relatively good um, kind of run. I think they've got Wolves next. Um, I'm just trying to see the fixture difficulty rating. There we go. Yeah, so um, they've got Wolves, Liverpool, but then they've got Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham. I, I genuinely can see a potentially a double or even triple Newcastle um, forming as as well. Just they City just didn't know what to do with them. They really didn't. Yeah, and I, I think when teams attack City like that, which is how Spurs play them when we've done well, it's 
they don't know how to, they're not as good defensive team as they are an attacking team. And if you get stuck into them a little bit, it can, it can work in your favour. So, I mean, sometimes you can go the other way and you end up losing six or seven nil. But um, I think the new, the Newcastle team, they, they bought well, they're building well, they're obviously going to be a force to be reckoned with in, in the next few years. But um, yeah, they look strong and, I almost went with the defensive double up at the start of the season because their the defenders are cheap. Like seven bottom at four and a half million is a good option. The only thing that put me off was that the, there's so many good premium defenders to be had. But I think, as you say, going forward, we could be looking at that defence, especially Nick Pope in goal. He's, he's such a great keeper. And that's made a big difference during the season as well, having Nick Pope in goal. Um, oh, it, it, it massively has, yeah. And, and what's interesting is that, you know, they've actually kind of, turned down a few players who probably would have helped their their team as a, a striker i think at psg Ekatiti, um and people have gone oh it's newcastle they're they're mega rich and they've just said fine we don't we don't want them you know they don't want they don't want to do a city they're not buying um galacticos or anything like that they they're trying to buy kind of quite well and quite sensibly i think they've just sound, um, signed Jao pedro from watford uh, which again, kind of a pacey forward. So yeah, I think I think they could be a bit of a, a dark horse this season. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if Newcastle were were top six at the end of the season. I've got to say, yeah, they're certainly a top half team now. And um, mm. yeah, as a, as a Trippier a denier last week, but still a Trippier owner this week, I, I was glad to see him <laughs> score uh, and glad not to see him get sent off because I will have him on the bench again next week, because I imagine he'll get another six, seven, eight, nine point, point haul that I'll miss out on. <laughs> Do you own your bench is he next week? He he is, yeah. I, I just don't know. I've got Sinchenko at Fulham, James at Leicester, Trent at Bournemouth, and then Perisic away to Forest. Now, Perisic potentially could come out for Trippier if I hear yeah. that Perisic isn't going to start, but I'm not going to put Perisic on the bench because he, he was great in the second half for Tottenham. Uh, at the weekend, he got me 12 points. He was the reason that I've I've got the green arrow I've got this week. So I, I can't bench him. And, and Spurs fan, I, I like to have Spurs players in my team because I'm a loyal loyal supporter. I'm like you, fit with no United players. <laughs> uh, that's that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. Well, um, yeah, every, every draft I had did have um, did have Man United players in. But as I say, based on the first couple of games of the season, I don't I don't regret my choice. Um, no, and you were right, but... right not to have them, but um, they could be an option now. Um, right, so are we are we going to move on? What, what have we got next on the schedule? Absolutely. So uh, next on the schedule is it's time to hear from uh, from one of our favourites. Uh, it's Mr. Jack Grealish with his diary. This weekend, I missed the game of the season as we drew three all with fellow oil barons, Newcastle United. I got a bit wasted at the end of last season and accidentally mugged off Miguel Almiron, so Pep thought it was best if I just faked an injury for this one. (laughs) A bit like when you've got to fight the school bully after school so you get the nurse to phone your mum and say you've got the shits. I wasn't scared of fighting Miggy though. I've been practising karate all season with my teammate Cole Palmer. Cole may not look hard, but he's a yellow belt in karate, has the high score on the punch bag machine in All-Stars, and those all the finishing moves off of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> we spent most of July at his mum's house practising our flying kicks. We put a mattress in the garden and would take it in turns to run up and double flying kick one of his sister's beanie babies. By the end of the summer, Patty the platypus had barely a bean left in her. <laughs> 
cold as well on, not scared of anyone. One day, his stepdad said I had to go home as it was tea time and we'd been kicking the shit out of Patty for 13 hours. <laughs> he asked if I could stay, but there wasn't enough spag ball for me. Cole looked his stepdad straight in the eye and said, F off, I effing hate spag ball. Well, odd. I still had to go home, though, and Cole's stepdad got him in a headlock and gave him a noogie until he cried. He told me, though, that after I left, he did a roundhouse on him and put him in a chokehold until he agreed to make him spiny faces and nuggets. And he did. <laughs> Luckily for Miggy, neither of us got on the pitch at the weekend, and it's probably a good thing for him we didn't. Don't believe me? Asked Patty the platypus. We absolutely battered her. Laters! <laughs> oh, Jack. It's um, it's so good. When when we spoke earlier this evening, you hadn't heard from Jack, uh, and it's so good yeah, that he know. was able to um, uh, well, so good that he was able to to get a a diary entry to us in time. Thank you, Jack. Yeah, it, it doesn't read like he he wrote that in ten minutes before we started recording, but um, <laughs> but maybe he did. Who knows? Who knows what goes on in the mind of Jack Grealish? Absolutely. Who knows? Indeed, it's a tale <laughs> as old as time. Uh, lovely stuff well we are going to take a very quick break now and we'll be back with you uh, in just a moment lovely stuff so um having heard from uh, mr jack Grealish, uh, it feels like an appropriate time for us to check in uh, on how the things are looking in the fpl face-off league uh, now of course it's early days we know that leagues and ranks don't matter at this stage of the season isn't that right tom um but well, green, green arrows matter. That's what matters at this stage of the season. Did you get a green <laughs> arrow? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Uh, did you statistically make it almost impossible to not get a green arrow by your performance in the first? Yes, you did. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going for 36 green arrows in a row now. That's my aim. That would be a significant achievement and one that I would be very impressed if you managed. Well, um, one's ticked off. There we go. We have one done. Um, <laughs> one so done. having a look at the FPL Faceoff League, don't forget it is not too late to join us. Um, the league code is 7QN6BY. That's 7 Quebec November, 6 Bravo Yankee. Um, in fifth place, there's a tie. Two teams have got 208 points. Um, Karma Police with Tom's Strazd. Um Robin Cock, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, with Brandon Mitchell. Um, I, I wish I'd kind of read that through before trying to read it for the first time. It was Torbin, and then actually, nope, Robin Cock, very good lad. Um, in fourth, Jam tomorrow, Andrew Milburn. Uh, in third, Murray Keir with the team Port Power. Um, in fact, they've both got 211 points, so I'm not quite sure why one's third and one's fourth, but never mind. Uh, in second, Lofty Ambitions, Will Lofthouse, um, currently sunning it over in Vegas. Um, so I'm sure he will uh, be listening in. Will, you're smashing it. Well done. And uh, in first place at the moment uh, is Man with Mandela Mensa, 219 points, having an absolute blinder. So um, very well done to you. And uh, don't forget, follow us on at, at follow us on Twitter at FBL Faceoff. And if you want to join the league, it is 7QN6BY. Lovely stuff. So moving on now uh, to what is probably going to be the best podcast feature ever. Uh, it is Too Good, Too Bad. And uh, Tom, if you'd like to take it away, uh, what for our dear listeners who perhaps might not be familiar, what is Too Good, Too Bad? Sounds familiar to me. Yeah, it's a rip off <laughs> off of Match of the Day too, uh, but it's it's not um, 
someone in the stadium doing a header when the ball comes in the crowd for too good and, and then someone falling over with a pie in the hand for too bad. It is two good players you'd want to transfer in this game week and two bad players you need to get out of your team. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a fun way of previewing the upcoming game week fits. And um, like last it. week, last week it was not too good for me because uh, I I advised you to get Reese James in, uh, who got one point, and Gundogan, who got eight points, uh, which is advice I ignored on my wild card. I got Mason Mountain, who got me two. Um, but there we go. And as my two bad options, I, I chose Bailey, who got an assist and a return with five points, and Kieran Trippier, who ended the game on six points. And I've now. Uh, weakly and cowardly kept in my my wild card having told everyone to sell him so i apologize to our five listeners i didn't mean to mislead you please don't uh, unsubscribe it was it was just an error of judgment uh, how did your your two good and two bad punts get on this week that would be um that'd be very harsh wouldn't it if someone was so upset that they unsubscribed from a podcast. i'm sure they did for the big for the big fpl accounts i've seen it happen i've seen them get abused for for misleading their, their viewers or their listeners. Um, but wow. it's hard. We we go through a variety of different faults throughout the game week. Who are we going to bring in? Who are we going to transfer out? If we're going to roll a transfer. Yeah, yeah. If we're going to take a minus four. Yeah, you, your mind changes on a daily basis. It certainly does. It certainly does. Well, um, yeah, so in terms of my too good, too bad, um, I can't actually remember all of them. So apologies in advance. But I did suggest that um, Dean Henderson would be a good shout and I did suggest that too bad would be De Gea. Thought you've got to get rid of De Gea. So um, yeah, I, I did not call that one very well. Um, you, you did rather bravely um, suggest that Gabriel Jesus would be a good option. I don't yes. know if I'm pronouncing that right. I've not heard of him as a, an FPL option, but you yeah, did pick him out as a good option for people to to buy. Is that correct? Yeah, massive differential. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, uh, I, th- I think he's got the record for being the most differential player ever, actually, in in FBL. Yeah, over eighty um, percent owned now. Um, yes. Yeah, you just sort so, of just have to have him there, and, it, and it's meaningless unless you're going to captain him. Absolutely, yes. Um, which I'm, which I'm sure we'll come on to at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly looking at the um, looking at the team uh, for for this week, too good, too bad. Certainly players that I would like in, more than happy to to start on that. Uh, for me personally, it has got to be um, Martinelli. Martinelli is someone who has now gone up to 6.4 and I think is looking really exciting. Um, you know, he's, again, Arsenal have got a, a decent, really decent run of fixtures. I don't quite know how to how to get him in with my Son issue. But certainly he is he is a player that I think um will increase in ownership massively over the, the coming coming weeks. Um did you want me to do both my two goods and then Yes, go for your two goods. I, I agree with Martin Elliott. He's one of the one the one good option I had in from the start of the season. I started with Martinelli, um, benched him in yeah. the first game week inexplicably, but luckily I've got him at a six million value because I don't think he's gonna be seeing that anytime soon. No, no, I don't think so. I think he's um, he's someone who's who's very much looking very good. And um, the other one, I think, in fact, last week, I think my um, my second two good might be Rodrigo, who I put in. Um, and yes. yeah, I think that's right. So obviously, that's that's a win there. Went for the brave and uh, went for the um, not so brave with with Jesus. Um, but I'm going to go for another Leeds player. 
just because I think Leeds have got a really decent run um, with Brighton, Everton, um, Brentford and Forest, then United, then Villa. They've got a really, really nice run for, for a little while. Um, and Jack Harrison seems to be kind of taking up the creative mantle that uh, Rafinha left Leeds with. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Martinelli and Jack Harrison as my two good transfers that I would I would like to make in. Yeah, good shouts. And Arsenal got Fulham at home this week. Leeds, they're away to Brighton this week, which I think is a tougher fixture for them. I'm not sure they're going to get the three goals they got against Chelsea, but then Chelsea should have been a tough fixture on paper. So, so we'll see. Um, I'm going to ignore Rodrigo for at least one more week, but he may be coming in for me in game week five. Uh, um, my two good options this week are, are Perisic, I bought him in on wildcard. He instantly got me a 12-point return. And now he's in the team and he's performed well, certainly in that second half. I think he's going to get a lot more game time. And he's one of those players like Reese James who you need to have in for the halls. He's going to get a few double-digit halls this season and he's going to have a few games where he plays half an hour. But I think even in half an hour, he's he's a threat. He He could, he could get goals, he could get assists. He tries to whip it in the box at every given opportunity. He gets crosses from nowhere. And Kane is hovering in the box at the moment, just waiting for that ball. So um, I think they're a great double up to have. And uh, my second two good option, you'll be pleased to hear, is is Marcus Rashford. Oh, love it. Yes. After last night, I think with Southampton and Leicester in the next two games, Marcus Rashford is going to be feeling confident um, hopefully that they will stick with the winning team that beat Liverpool. You'd expect them to, and yeah, he could he could be a great option at six point three. Is he now, or is he six point four still? I think he's six point four, but that six point four, well. but that's still great value. And um, if you get him in now, he could very well return in the next couple of games, and suddenly his value shooting up again. Um, so yeah, he's definitely a good option for me. And um, you're, you're too bad this week. Who are you? Who would you be looking to get out? Who are the popular picks who people need to be getting rid of at this stage? Bit. Yeah, very nice. So um, I think that with the, I'm gonna I'm gonna go really controversial here. I actually think that Trent is someone I would consider, and I have considered. Now it depends on the makeup of your team, but certainly I think if you've got double Liverpool, um, it's it just feels a little bit like all your eggs are tied up in, in one basket. Is that make, if that makes sense. And I know they've got some good fixtures, but Newcastle, I think will score against them. Everton, it's the Derby. You never know what happens. Wolves will probably keep a clean sheet. And maybe, I'll, maybe I'll regret this, but I, I think if, if I had, if I had double Liverpool, then because there's so much value elsewhere, you know, for, for me looking at my team, if I was to get rid of Trent, for example, then that gives me if I go if I get rid of Trent and go for Saliba, for example, at Arsenal, who's got great fixtures, that's three million in the bank. All of a sudden I'm then looking at being able to keep Son, but I can downgrade um or upgrade De Silva to a seven point five million midfielder. Or I can I can actually do two things. I could um I could get in, say, Jack Harrison for argument's sake, and upgrade Archer to a 5.5 starting midfielder or even make some savings so yeah crazy but Trent is Trent is one that I'm gonna um, put in my too bad just because why not um, I, I can't I can't agree with that one I think people are being very reactionary to the start of the season I think Liverpool is still a good team they've obviously got injury problems at the moment and that yeah, back yeah. four doesn't look as strong obviously without uh, Canate or Matip in there with Van Dijk but 
looking at the fixtures, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle at home, Everton away, Wolves at home. I see at least three clean sheets in that. I, I understand if you're on the defensive double up, you could maybe get rid of your second Arsenal, your second Liverpool defender. But for me, it'd be Robertson uh, if you if you have both of them, because because uh, Trent is still such a threat uh, offensively. He's he's going to get goals and assists this season, and he can haul in any game, especially those four they've got coming up. But we I, shall see. Yeah, yeah. No, I, d- I definitely agree. And like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think I will get rid of Trent. But if I did, it would, it would free up a lot of budget for my team. Um, and the other one I'm going to go for is a too bad, um, Pedro Neto, who apparently might be on his way to Arsenal. Um, I think he's he's already down to five point four. I think perhaps he might even be going down again as as we're re- recording tonight. Um, yeah, it was it was a punt didn't pay off and uh, I've already got rid of him. But if I didn't, if I still had him in my team, I would, I would be looking to get rid of him as soon as possible. Sorry, mate. Well, he is one of my two bad options this week as well. Pedro Neto, I got rid of him on wildcard and he's got good fixtures now. The next three, Newcastle at home, Bournemouth away, Southampton at home, they're good attacking fixtures, but Wolves are not a good attacking side. And if he plays like he did against Spurs, he was playing as a right wing back for, for that game, essentially. And with this with this new signing, Guedes, I don't know how you pronounce it, Guedes, Guedes, Guedes. Yeah. He, um, he came in and he looked much more, a, a better offensive option. And Jimenez is fit again now. So he's also taken up some of that offensive uh, positioning. So yeah, I, I, I'd get rid of Neto if he can. Um, I don't know where you go from there. I suppose you can, you can go down to Andrea. I think Andreas at Fulham is a much better option. And Pedro Neto, if you don't already own him, um, and or maybe Brendan Aronson at Leeds with those good fixtures for Leeds, Brendan Aronson could be an option. Um, and my nice. second, yeah. my second too bad is uh, someone in your team fits, and it's Son. Yeah. Now Spurs have good fixtures as we've already been through Forest, West Ham, and, and Fulham coming up, and then City, who Son always loves to play against. But Son is well out of form. And he has not started the season well. And Richarlison has looked great when he's come on for us. He looks much more of an attacking threat. I think that Richarlison will start ahead of Son this week. I think Son's going to be benched. And really? Yes. I've, and it definitely wow. off the front three. Cause are you, are you saying that because you're confident that if I think he'll be benched, I'll sell him? Because I, I might well. No, no, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't mislead our listeners like that. Fits. I, I think Son is going to be benched this weekend for Richardson. Obviously, we get a better heads up on that by the end of the week. But just yeah. looking at the way he played at the weekend, he came off again. Richardson came on, looks so much more dangerous. Some will come good. Some Son is like, and uh, he is a world class player, and he's going to score twenty plus goals again this season, I'm sure. But it will it will come at some point in the season when he goes on a run, but at the moment he looks way off of that. And Richarlison's ready to go. So yeah, I, I think he gets rested this weekend. And um we will we will see Richarlison coming on in his place. So yeah, I'd get rid of him like a teammate. Wow. Well that is yeah, that is food for thought because um if I if I look at my team and I imagine getting rid of Son then all of a sudden, although I've I don't really want to burn four points at this stage, I I could make significant changes to my team. Uh, I could or, or I could just do Son to KDB. I could afford that to be honest. Um, yeah, oh, no, I, 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 I think he's a much better option. 
Better yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't afford that. I couldn't afford that because of Son's dropped in price. Yeah, although, God, why didn't I think of that? Look at City's fixtures. Crystal Palace, Forest, Villa. Well, it's so Spurs. hard to sell Son with those fixtures coming up, but <clears throat> yeah, you have to look is. at how they are in the game. And as a Spurs fan, I, I can see when he's in form and when he's not, and he's, he's not on it at the moment, and Richarlison needs to play. Uh, yes, yeah, so Son, I think, is getting benched. Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah. So if if I was to to follow that advice, um, it would the obvious transfer would be to put in Martinelli, uh, and that leaves me a five point five in the bank, and I can either um, either roll the transfer, or I could do a um, I could do a cheeky little Cameron Archer up to Martial or something. There's there's definitely options there, but. Oh goodness me! Yeah, don't know what to do. Don't know what to do with that because, like I say, my my gut feeling is that Son hasn't the the punt hasn't paid off, and it's just so much money to have tied up in your team, isn't it? So much money, definitely. And I I, I don't know where he's sitting on the price drop um, sites at the moment, but yeah, I, I can imagine him dropping in price again before the weekend. If he, yeah, I can't find out at the moment. Yeah, he's, I'm just yeah, trying to find out as well. He's definitely on a downwards trajectory. He is, yeah. Um, he will be likely to go down in price by the time you're listening to this, I imagine, listeners. So, yeah, if I do do that, then oof, decisions to make. Decisions to make. Lovely. Um, good. So um, we are going to end the podcast by uh, doing something uh, a little bit different. We are going to face off uh as as the name of the podcast suggests, uh, FPL Face Off, we do kind of face off against each other. Um, but we've suddenly thought, do we actually face off? Uh, so we're going to come <laughs> up with um, we're going to come up with a different theme each week, and uh, we want you to get involved. So do do let us know what you think we should discuss to to round the podcast off um, on Twitter at FPL Face Off. But this week we're going to start nice and simple uh, by facing off on uh facing off to each other in terms of captains for game week four so tom who are you thinking well despite his poor start of season despite the result last night um it, for me it's got to be salah at home to bournemouth I, I know a lot of people are going to be thinking to, to go different this week but he's one of the highest owned players in the game he's probably going to be the highest captain player in the game and liverpool are going to need to have a response Despite his bad form, he scored two goals this season, and he—it's only a matter of time before he gets a classic two-three goal haul in a game. And Bournemouth at home seems the perfect place for him to do it. There's a lot of teams with great fixtures this weekend, but um, Salah for me is, is the best captaincy option, and he's the only person you should be considering if you've got him in your team. Fair enough. I mean, well, we'll end the pod there, shall we? No. Yes, yeah, so um, we might as well. But you, you do you. <laughs> Well, I think you're right. You know, there's there's lots of there's lots that's of great not, fixtures. That's not a good argument, Fitz, to start with. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right in that there's lots of good fixtures to to target. But I would argue that there's <laughs> other teams who Bournemouth have Bournemouth have looked all right. And um, I think that, for example, Southampton have looked a little bit shaky, and Man United could be resurgent. So a mega differential punt on someone like Rashford could be could be good but if we're looking at other kind of big hitters then um the other the other option would be Gabriel Jesus against Fulham 
Um, I think that Arsenal have looked very, very strong um, in every game that they've played, but particularly at home, I think they are the fans are, are going to play a part. I think that they will, they're really enjoying their football and it wouldn't surprise me if Jesus was on for, or Jesus, whatever it is, um, is on for another double, double digit return. Um, my only concern with captaining uh, Jesus is that I think a Fulham are not necessarily going to roll over. It's a London derby, but also um if you can captain a midfielder and they do well, then obviously that um, that that tends to work better in terms of your extra points and whatnot. Plus, with Arsenal playing the way they are, they could feasibly score four, and Jesus may not be involved in any of them. Whereas you would imagine if Liverpool got four against um, uh, Bournemouth, that Salah would be involved in some way. Um. But yeah, I, I will argue for Jesus. Whether or not I will go for Jesus, I'm not sure. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like uh, I like the look of that fixture, and I think that Arsenal are uh, unfortunately I hate to say it, but they're looking fantastic at the moment. They really are. They they are, but I I fear they've they've not played. Well, I don't fear. I'm I'm hoping they've not really played anyone of great note. I mean, Crystal Palace. That was a good result for them actually, but. Yeah, when when they get they've got great run as well. But when they get to game nine, they've got Tottenham, Liverpool, Leeds away, and then City in four games. I think once we get there, we, we'll have a better idea of where they are this season. But yeah, especially for the time being, they've got great run of fixtures, and you can't look beyond Gabriel Jesus. I'm afraid to say it, despite the fact I tried to look beyond him for a couple of game weeks and got heavily punished for it. You did, but you saw the error of your ways. I did. Um, and Admit when you're wrong, you, you got to do it. And you Maybe will hope that you can up. rise again. Um, so lovely. Well, um, I think that that's, uh, that rounds things off very nicely for us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget, share the pod. If you've got mates who are into fantasy football, please do let them know uh, where we are. Um, if you could like and subscribe, we would obviously really appreciate that as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FPL Faceoff. Uh, and otherwise, it is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Lighters. Thank you.